You have been chosen to defend the realm of Earth in a tournament called Mortal Kombat. The essence of Mortal Kombat is not about death, but life. The fate of billions will depend upon you. <laughs> Sorry. Ten, five, four, three, two. Extreme close up! Hello, everybody. Hi. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, mama. <laughs> this is Johnny Bravo. Hey, mama. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back into the Radcast, everybody. I'm Steven. I'm Matt. Hey, Matt. This is going to be a fun, fun episode. Very all, fun. All the other ones suck so, <laughs> so th- this one's actually gonna be like a lot of fun no but no we love all our episodes Super we love all of our guests this, this excited for all the episodes with this one in terms of actual radcast rentals mm-hmm. it's celebrating an anniversary it's a movie that we adore, adore we can't wait to talk ad- about it yeah. we we adore it we grew up with it i mean a lot of our rentals are stuff we've grown up yeah, with yeah. this movie especially yes um, because of the allure of it because it was based off of a property that we it was forbidden fruit that we couldn't yeah. play um, but we were so fascinated by it and we've always been fascinated by this property um today we're talking mortal Kombat on the radcast Rentals. very excited very excited for to talk about the movie even mm-hmm. if it was just me and you i'd be excited yeah. to talk about movie but it's not just me and no you. because we are welcoming back the very first guest in radcast mm-hmm. history tyler strickland tyler mother flipping strickland is going to be with us uh so we're skyping him in from kansas city it's about yeah. damn time we got him back on here. exactly yeah. i Listen, I I go by quality, not so yeah. much downloads. Yeah. Downloads are nice. Don't give everybody, yeah. everybody, please download, please yes, download, please. rate, r- rate, yeah. comment, review, uh, all that good stuff. I love the quality, and Tyler Strickland brings like he brings the noise yeah. when it comes when especially when it comes to stuff that all of us grew up with. Again, and, like no disrespect at all to uh, all of our guests have been so phenomenal and yeah. what they bring to the table, but since. The three of us have a different kind of relationship yeah. with one another ever since we were like young, young kids. Yeah. Like, he I don't brings know. the knowledge, the enthusiasm, mm-hmm. the, the, the vigor, like mm-hmm. just ready to jump right in yeah. with us. Just, just in his own unique way, just like all of our past guests have been just amazing and phenomenal in their own ways. But we are excited to welcome Tyler back to the show. But before we dive in, with Tyler, before we dive into the Radcast Rentals and before we test our might with Mortal Kombat, Matt, why don't you hit everybody with the socials? You can find us on Instagram. We are at the Radcast. Radcast, all one word, cast spelled with a K. Uh, I probably should stop specifying that because if you found this podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. iTunes, wherever you get your pod- podcast fix, decided to download, like, share, do all those things, chances are you already know how to spell our name. Mm -hmm. So go find us on Instagram or at the Radcast. Go give us a follow. On Twitter, we're at at T Radcast. Mm -hmm. So T for the. So Mm -hmm. at T Radcast. And find us on Facebook. We're the Radcast. Go like our page, comment on our Mm -hmm. stuff, DM us, you know, engage. You can find us on all those uh, podcast platforms Mm -hmm. that I just named. And you know, go give us five stars. Mm-hmm. Go give us reviews. It really helps us out. Makes us more visible. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, and we just really like doing the podcast, and we'd yeah. like to hear from you for yeah. sure. Yep. Uh, so without further ado, with this guest, with this topic, I don't know how long we're gonna go. We'll try. We'll try and keep it like yeah. under under three hours. Yeah. When uh, when when we find something that the three of us mutually love, mm-hmm. we really yeah love talking about it with each other. Yep. Yeah. Sitting around, you know, we mix in conversations of Jesus, but we also talk about when characters from Mortal Kombat tear each other's limbs off. Yeah. And beat, beat, yeah, beat, exactly. beat each other with them. So broadcasting live from Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Tyler Strickland is back on the show. Tyler! Make it a blockbuster night. And now, our feature presentation. What up, Redcast listeners? How we doing? Doing all doing right. All right. We, uh, we, we made sure to remind the listeners that you were our very first guest when we talked yeah. about 90s ninja movies. Heck yeah, man. I still love listening to those episodes. I uh, shared them with a bunch of friends here in Kansas City and got great feedback from them nice. as well. So nice. I'm excited. It has felt like no time has passed since I've seen you and talked with you. That's so cool. it has been has been what? How many episodes of Radcast are you on uh, now? This, this is, is 55, 54? This is 54, I believe. Yeah. And yours was number two. <laughs> so There we go. So, so it's been like 52 you know, 50, episodes. Yeah. 52 episode reunion. We'll come back at this and we'll say, hey, let's talk more martial arts from the 90s. Exactly. I, I wish we were there with you. In yeah. Can- so you're not exactly in Kansas City. You're in Overland Park, Kansas, correct? Uh yeah, so actually, we, we just recently moved um, to, we're a little transient in the Kansas City area. Oh, okay. Uh, we, live, we live in what's called uh, Kansas City, Kansas, but um, right. it's, it's midtown right now. So we're like, we're about 10 minutes from downtown. Uh, we're right outside Westport, and yeah. it's just a great little spot to be, my friends. Nice. Cool. That's awesome. Cool. And you had mentioned it's like no time has passed. That's the relationship that we have. Um, it's just, it feels like whenever we get together, whenever we talk, no time has passed because the last time we saw you was last summer, Game Five of the Stanley Cup Finals, and then oh, yeah. a few games later, the St. Louis Blues would win the won Stanley, Stanley Cup, Cup. Yeah. which is exciting for us here in St. Louis mm-hmm. and exciting for Tyler. Although he's located in Kansas City, he's a St. Louis Still Blues born fans. and raised yeah, exactly. St. Louis boy. Yep, St. Louis native. It was amazing to watch them take the Stanley Cup last year and be the last reigning Stanley Cup finals before a break season for the mm-hmm. NHL. Exactly. So, uh, so you know, we, we kicked ass and we took names and we proved that St. Louis is still a hockey town no matter what they say. Damn yep. right. It is a hockey town. <laughs> you damn right. It will always yeah. be a hockey town. No dispute there, but also, my friend, no dispute on this. We all love Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah. Mortal Kombat for me... Um, like Ninja Turtles, like any other thing from the 90s that involves martial arts, uh, we have thoroughly enjoyed throughout my life. Has played a huge influence. I always had cousins that were older than me, and I said all that stuff in the last episode. Yeah. And so most of that stuff was inter- I was introduced to by older people that played the games. And um, so, you know, with that, we all know Mortal Kombat started off as a what eight person sega game where you could yeah. fight against each other yeah, yeah. essentially well, it, it's an arcade game which only had like seven characters yeah, yeah like seven or eight um yeah. and it was it was there's of course there's a story behind it all i think 
the misconception, I guess misconception to some to people who are obviously ignorant towards mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat. And again, folks, ignorant isn't a bad thing. It just means you, you just don't, don't know. know. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, it, it's just people who are ignorant to it that they think it's just a beat em up blood fest, bloodbath there's fighting a story. game. There's, there's a mythology. There's a deep yeah. mythology. I think, and and we'll have you on again uh, along with a, a number of other friends of ours when we talk about Mortal Kombat, the game, because that's a whole episode in and of itself. Yeah. But just yeah. a few kind of, just to gloss over it, there's a deep mythology in the Mortal Kombat video games that makes it that much more interesting. And lends itself to a feature film. Yeah. Which, you know, Larry Kasanoff... Yeah, a producer who helped with other arcade games like the T two. The T two. He just come. He had just come off of helping James Cameron with like the marketing of like yeah. Terminator two. Yeah, um, he he sort of saw the potential there in the game to mm-hmm. make it into a movie. So it's sort of the reverse of what you get to where the video game people approach studios for a movie. Mm-hmm. You had a movie guy approaching Midway who made yeah. Mortal Kombat about a movie, and they're like. No. He had to convince them that there's potential (laughs) in franchising. Yeah, exactly. No, dude, that, yeah, that's absolutely right. You you get a video game that they didn't expect to really take off. You know, they figured it would be another, uh, you know, two-player fighting game or Mm -hmm. one-player versus computer-style machine game that they would sell well in the arcade, do well. But they didn't didn't really know that this was going to take off the way it did, right? Right. So (laughs) when you have a major... uh, studio approach you and say hey let's make a movie out of this yeah they're coming off of what street fighter that failed miserably yeah, yeah. double dragon Super double Mario dragon Brothers. Oh, God. these these video game movies that were just trash they weren't things that uh you know things that did well and so they were you know you got to think midway's like hey if we ever want to try and make a second third fourth game out of this mm-hmm. if we sell the movies right now it could be the end of our be the end of our rope here we yeah, may not yeah. make it Oh yeah, in in those movies too, like those video game movies, like Double Dragon, at least like Super Mario Brothers, came from people who never played the game. Right. Like that's the thing is you have these these filmmakers trying to make these movies who don't play video games. Right. So there's that disconnect. Whereas you know Larry Kasanoff and you know we'll get into you know Paul Anderson who mm-hmm. directed the movie, they were fans of the franchise. Yeah. I mean Larry Larry Kasanoff, he was at Midway because he's friends with the people at Midway because of his work with Terminator Two. And uh, he played the game for a half hour, and he was like, "This, this is like Star Wars meets Enter the Dragon." Yeah, and he he was hooked, like hook, line, and sinker. And uh, just, I mean, guess I just write off Paul W. S. Anderson, who directed the film, yeah. um, when he was kind of getting his his directorial start. Uh, he would go to England because the town he was from didn't have a movie yeah. industry, and he would have to wait hours on end for his meetings and stuff. And uh, he would go to a London arcade and for hours he would play Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. and he just became a fan. So he was really eager to do the, to do the movie, which definitely comes through uh, because yeah. this was one of the more successful, the first successful um, video game adapt mm-hmm. or movie film adaptation of a video game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're we talking about a game that they, a movie that ended up grossing loads more than what they thought it would i mean yeah. the film grossed 122 million worldwide mm-hmm. and it it broke the video game curse um and it was the first adaptation that was adapt- adopted by fans and embraced by fans to say that this is a movie that represents a video game we love but also carries weight and story that will forever impact the franchise that is mortal Kombat. yeah exactly yeah. and that's really telling especially for a 
fanatical, obsessed fan base. Mm-hmm. The Mortal Kombat fans are used to blood and guts yeah. and like just over the top violence. And so when you say to them, we're going to make a PG 13 Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. movie, initially you're like, uh, so it's not going to have all the things that we like. But right. the fact that they were able to make this movie PG 13. Mm-hmm. And it still is embraced by yeah. diehard fans. Mm-hmm. They really towed a line there, and I think they really balanced yeah. really well. And I'd like to put a pen in the whole PG yeah. thir- how they worked around with the PG thirteen. Because yeah. first, before we dive deeper into our connection with it, dive deeper into how we see the movie, I'm going to give a few kind of stats and figures and boilerplate stuff. So, Mortal Kombat was released August eighteenth, nineteen ninety five. So we're just a couple months away from its twenty fifth anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed yeah. by Paul W.S. Anderson, starring Robin Shu as Liu Kang, Christopher Lambert as Lord Raiden, Lyndon Ashby as Johnny Cage, Bridget Wilson as Sonya Blade, and Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa. Mm. I'm going to say that again because I want to sound like I know what I'm talking about. Carrie Hiroyuki Hiryu- Tagawa. <laughs> he's, he's, come on, he's grandpa from Johnny Tsunami. Yeah. Uh, Carrie- uh, Pono. Yeah, <laughs> I, when, I was a kid, when I was a kid and I saw Johnny Tsunami, I was like, oh my God, it's Shang Tsung. <laughs> uh, but exactly. Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa as Shang Tsung. And it also stars Talisa Soto as Katana and Trevor Goddard as Kano. Tyler, like you said, it grossed $122 million worldwide at the box office on an $18 million budget. So that's pretty, that's pretty nuts. Yeah. Like, that's more than profitable. Yeah. Oh, extremely profitable. <laughs> They're making money hand over fist. Oh, man. yeah. Uh, and it stayed at the top for like at least three weeks, right? Yeah, three like, six or three or six weeks, something like yeah, that. Yeah, which like surprised everybody. It's, there's a, it's funny because um, Paul Anderson, this was his first like feature film. Yeah, and uh, he he was so worried that it would get backlash, that people would hate it, and yeah. he didn't want to deal with like any negative like yeah and negative responses so him and his girlfriend went to hawaii he wanted to escape yeah. and he didn't go to when the it, premiere it came out and yeah. he saw how well it was doing he's like damn it i wish i was in la yeah because <laughs> like i mean but you can't blame him because like we said earlier movies like double dragon and street yeah. fighter and um super mario brothers did poorly plus you had nothing but like pushback from the studio in terms yeah. of like you would run things by them and they'd be like, oh, that sounds so stupid, but go do it anyway. Yeah, you know? like, um, I almost said 20th Century Fox. No, it's New not Line 20th Cinema. New Line Cinema, yeah. which also the Turtle movies are from New yep. Line Cinema. Yes. Um, New Line Cinema didn't like the project, but they were like, fine, like do it anyway because they were yeah. sinking that much money into it and it became a success. And then, and of course, I mean, we'll try and shy away from this topic as much as we can. We'll mention it near the end. Because I feel like we have to just with a continuation of the films and what it did to the film franchise. But New Line was all on board for Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and, and that you was see how dog that shit. did. Yeah, it I was hate that movie. That one was bad. Yeah. Um, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the first film. Exactly. So Tyler, you mentioned earlier that you have cousins, just like on our '90s Ninja episode. You have cousins that introduce you to these movies. Um, but is there anything else, like any other information, you can give us about kind of your history with? Mortal Kombat, the movie. Yeah, absolutely. So the first time I watched it, um, my family was in Arkansas for the weekend visiting mm-hmm. some cousins, some family down there, and it was on. It was going to be on FX. Now I had played Mortal Kombat prior to this, um, but 
the yeah, the TV, you know, Fox TV station was going to play the movie that night. So I remember begging my mom, like, I want to see this. I want to watch this. I want to watch this. So they put me up in one of my, in a room by myself. Mm-hmm. And I, it was literally me with a bowl of popcorn and I'm sitting on the edge of a bed yes. watching this movie unfold. And I'm very familiar with the characters, very big into ninjas, obviously. And, uh, I, I, you know, it starts with the logo and yes. the, the flame oh, and, yes. you know, the, the Power Man 5000 ballad that is we that has been come to know as the Mortal Kombat song. Yeah, the Immortals, uh, yeah, very yeah. Power Man 5000. Yeah. Yeah. And uh you know, and I just I just remember my eyes getting extremely wide and uh you know, Mortal Kombat flashes across the screen yes. all across the screen and you're just like what is about to happen? <laughs> and then, you know, for over the next period of time watching this movie, I I just fell in love with what would become uh, a staple movie in in my household, a staple movie in my life. Beautiful. Yeah. And I, you mentioned the opening, like you, the movie is intense and in your face from the word go. Because as soon as the New Line Cinema, you don't get the New Line Cinema little jingle da, at da, the beginning. Da, da, yeah, da, da, you get Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Like and then it's like like you said, there's flames coming up as it's very much like the first. Tim Burton Batman it's it's kind of driving through the bat it's it's like it's it's going through the mortal the dragon logo of Mortal Kombat and then it comes up and then Mortal Kombat and then like you don't get produced by directed by like you get just straight up Mortal Kombat and then you're thrust into the story with Shang Tsung and Liu Kang's brother in this dream sequence and like you're like from the word go you are just thrown into the movie which is great and and like from the word go you're introduced to the visuals yeah you would come to know you know throughout the movie Mm -hmm. or the visually it sets a tone yeah because the aesthetics in this movie like the aesthetics and the visual effects i think do a great job of capturing at least like the first two Mm -hmm. games or so like the certain backgrounds and arenas Mm -hmm. and stuff you know, whether you're in Outworld or, you know, when you're in Thailand and Liu Kang is going back to, you know, visit his grandpa or you're going to kind of Shang Tsung's Island. Yeah. And the Goro's lair and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Everything is very visually, it's intense, but it's also kind of soft and comforting, at least for me, just because we watched this movie when we were kids. It's like, like Goro's lair is like warm colors, but it's very like, visceral and we use that yeah. word a lot on the show but it's i think that's a good describing word yeah like it's very like like you said intense like yeah. it's very like scary mm-hmm. looking that yeah it, it and the mythology of mortal Kombat always has like a a a, a an umbrella of doom around yeah. it just because of the fate the fate of the world you know yeah, as Liu exactly. king says it we're fighting for the fate of the world yeah uh because the fate of the world is like in the hands of these select few characters. And Humans. so there's, yeah. So, and they're facing off against sorcerers mm-hmm. and like monsters and stuff. And so like the circumstances are so dire and mm-hmm. so intense yeah. that this movie reflects it really well. I think, yeah. especially just with the aesthetics, with CGI, which is kind of dated, but at least it's yeah. used sparingly. Is you know, we're in the mid nineties. We're still kind yeah. of in those primitive. So it's still good for that time. Yeah. You don't have also, a James Cameron budget with what he did yeah. with CGI and T2. But then you're on location and you got matte paintings mm-hmm. and uh, puppeteer, like, Visual effects for Goros, like all puppeteers yeah. and prosthetics. A lot of the green yeah. screen, and key, chroma key and yeah. everything. So I think they balance that really yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just what I noticed when I was a kid. 
because we weren't allowed if just kind of going into your question of exposure when you're yeah. a kid and what we we weren't allowed to play the games and mm-hmm. i know tyler said he played the games then watched the movie we watched the movie then played the games later mm-hmm. so this was our dose of mortal Kombat. yeah always had an interest in it but since games are forbidden fruit this was our dose of mortal Kombat. was the movie so we were going to hang on like white knuckle like white knuckle tight Mm-hmm. You know, as this is our like Mortal Kombat, yeah. like like we said at the top, we had like that that there was that allure for us, and this was like our fix. Yeah, um, I got gotcha. you. And I said awesome. prosthetics for Goro. I meant animatronics. Animatronics. Yeah. The animatronics. Yes. Puppeteers, man. They yeah. had like sixteen uh, different guys yeah. working on Goro at one time, and he was malfunctioning. Yeah. Uh, like that was like the the thing. As as cool as it was to see this two armed prince of the netherworld uh or of the underworld netherworld underworld i can't uh, remember what outworld? he says outworld outer outer world well, he, is, uh, yeah. he, he's like prince of like the nether realms because then like kano's like oh yeah well i'm kind of some well, i'm kind of a person of, of like the subterranean or subterranean yeah yeah yeah, the, uh, yeah subterranean nether world yeah that's what it is because it's he's you know he's goro uh and so you see you see this massive creature come to life um and at the time you know like relating it to other movies that we loved that had like splinter was an animatronic yep. and they and the ninja turtle suits were animatronic and so uh that that 90s feel of just the realness of having you know yeah. goro that made him look it made him look authentic and that yeah. was that's like the the craft that goes into it that cgi can tend to take away from right yeah. so overly cgi sometimes while it can look cool it, it takes away from the art and the realness that is people honestly working together on a team to make yeah. this creature come to life. Practical yeah. effects. Yeah, yeah. exactly. exactly. Um, so, to Tyler, you mentioned earlier, um, this was in and around the time they were working on Mortal Kombat 3, but the, they had two games out already. And they have, you have a litany of characters um, in two games so far, but they really choose to focus on... Minus Shang Tsung and minus Raiden, fighters-wise, they've chosen Liu Kang, Sonya Blade, and Johnny Cage. Very simplistic. Yeah. Just and, three people, and you can split up, you know, the responsibility of saving Earthrealm between the three. It's it's very believable that yeah. way. So I would like to comment kind of on the performances, because like Matt said, for the longest time, our definitive performances, our definitive Johnny Cage was and still is Lyndon Ashby yeah. and Robin Shu as Liu Kang and Bridget Wilson Sampras as yeah. as uh, as Sonya Blade and yeah. Christopher Lambert as Raiden because originally Ed Boon um, Ed Boon didn't Ed Boon and John Tobias who created Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. at first didn't really jive with the script because or kind of what they saw because Paul W S Anderson let um, Lyndon Ashby and Christopher, he let the cast ad lib, ad lib, but yeah. it was Christopher Lambert and Lyndon Ashby who mainly would. And like Lyndon Ashby kind of helped kind of rewrite some of the script and everything. And there was more humor than that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And and they were like, they didn't like the fact that Raiden had jokes. So like, he's not a clown. Yeah. Like he, he's, he's a, he's a great sorcerer of Asian descent. And yeah. Christopher Lambert is a, is a, He's white. Been, he's, he's white, <laughs> uh, but he has, he's like, he speaks French and all yeah. this, he's like, but since he's a God, I guess you can go with it, but they didn't like how, how he was like a clown. Now they ended up being fine with the performance. Cause it was Christopher Lambert did a really good job. Yeah. Um, but I think the humor helps for sure with it. Yeah. And, and that's sprinkled throughout. Yeah. It's not overdone. Yeah. 
No, not at all. And a lot of it was they, they were reading this script and they, they said it felt too tense uh, that it didn't give them the space to be like, cause Lyndon Ashby is a sarcastic kind of guy. Like yeah. he's the Ryan Reynolds of the nineties. Let's mm-hmm. be honest here. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he, he can do the action movies, but he's got that hint of sarcasm. Uh, and then you got, yeah, Christopher Lambert, who's just a phenomenal actor, mm-hmm. oh, uh, yeah. you know, and, and he did the Highlander movies. So like, there's some humor in there. There's, there's, you got to break up the tension somehow and, and quip, uh, you know, quippy, witty humor mm-hmm. does it well. And so, yeah, they, they let them rewrite and rework some of the script into it. It is astonishing, honestly, how much hands-on stuff that the actors and actresses had yeah. with this movie, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But from Christopher and Lyndon rewriting and reworking some of the script to Robin Show, who has years of experience mm-hmm. with the martial arts and action films coming out of China yep. and then translating to the U.S. to try and make it and saying, like, hey, this is my shot. Mm-hmm. But the dude worked as a stuntman. He worked mm-hmm. in choreography and things like that. And so you're seeing the influence of these actors and professionals, masters of their craft, coming in with this director, with their producers, and, and creating this film. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Christopher Lambert, what made me really... Cause I loved his Raiden, mm-hmm. but unlike the other characters, I don't know if I'd grasp his Raiden as my definitive right, Raiden, but yeah. one thing that made me just love Christopher Lambert is the fact that they had him for a limited amount of time. Right. And he was the highest paid guy on set, mm-hmm. like the, at least the highest paid actor. Mm-hmm. And when they were done with them, they're like, all right, well, uh, we'll film some close-ups while we're here, but we're going to Thailand and we can't afford you for Thailand. Mm-hmm. And he's like, screw that. I'll go to Thailand for free. Yeah. Like I, he's like, I'm going to Thailand. And I was like, that is so cool. And he was super encouraging. He, he paid, paid for the rap party. Yeah, exactly. So like his, his Raiden, he went up a bunch of notches in my book, but his Raiden went up a few notches yeah. in my book. And I, I always loved the, the voice he chose to use, like kind of like mortal combat, yeah. like kind of the, kind of the whispery authoritative mm-hmm. voice. Yeah. Um, and you, Tyler, you mentioned that Robin, Robin shoes, um, acumen and his experience. Uh, so when they showed test audiences, like the stuff from Thailand, which a lot of the movie, uh, was filmed, there was, there was a lot of it filmed in an airport hangar and then there's built sets according to that. And a lot of it filmed in Thailand. And when they got back from Thailand and cut together what they had, they showed it to a test audience and they liked it, but they said there's not enough fights in the movie. Yeah. So what they did was they couldn't get the original choreographer who did Pat the fight, Johnson, who did the fight choreography for like Ninja Turtles and karate kid. Um, he, who's also the ref and the karate kid, the first karate kid. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He uh, he, they couldn't get him. So Robin Shu choreographed, and he choreographed two of the best fights. Well, in in absolutely, not only did he he, not only does he have experience in martial arts movies, but he has experience in Hong Kong cinema, right? Which is like you get hit. It's not yeah. like in the states to where you know we're gonna work, we're just gonna do the choreography as much as we can, and it's gonna look like you're punching mm-hmm. them. A lot of the times, you're actually getting kicked, or yeah. you're actually getting punched. Yeah, like even when Pat Johnson was there, he's, they're like, if you actually get hit keep moving because it's going to look better. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that same mentality translates to Robin Shu because he worked in Hong Kong cinema mm-hmm. with, he was one of Jackie Chan's guys as yeah. well. Yeah. 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 So, um, this is, this is something that'll tie into this. If you've ever seen enter the dragon, um, and you can, you can see the difference. And when Bruce Lee was actually fighting and 
like filming mm-hmm. yeah. in his movies. And this is kind of what started, I mean, Hong Kong cinema and, and Chinese cinema for martial arts and, and that type of filming has always had a certain pacing. But if you've ever watched that or even just Dragon with um, Jason Scott Lee mm-hmm. p- portraying Bruce Lee, yeah. there's a spot where he's filming for um, the show, The Green Hornet, and he, he's playing Kato and he jumps down. And he actually ends up like throwing people and he takes over the chore- the whole choreo- choreography for a scene. We actually hit those people. That yeah. was that was something that would be common in Chinese cinema. Like you said, they, if they if they can pull the punch, they, they will, but most of the time you, you learn how to take a hit because yeah. it looks more real and you can get a better angle in that shot. Um, and this is before we've had, now, now we have, nowadays we have things like, you know, fight cinema so that it's to a point where they've mastered it to where you yeah. can use a certain angle that makes it look like that guy got hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that actor, that stunt man, whatever knows to do this type of a role so that it is the progression of the fight. But yeah, yeah you, you know, you read, you read reports out of this, out of this movie that, you know, what Robin show cracked three ribs yeah, and like they yeah. had a thing they had a thing on set where it was like they would they would say was it a one two or three yeah. and it meant like hey did you get hit and how many ribs did you bruise kind right, of thing yeah, yeah and, it's, and Lynn it's, and Ashby got beat up was, during the he scorpion was, he was, fight he he had a he was wearing kick pads because what's great also what I love I love the fact that Robin Shue and Lynn and Ashby are such good friends like yeah. still um but What's great is when Robin Shu was choreographed. He choreographed the Johnny Cage Scorpion fight, which is Ugh. which is such an intense fight because especially when you go to Scorpion's lair. Oh man, um, it's such, talk about aesthetics. It's, it's such an intense fight, yeah. and I love Robin Shu. His his idea with the fight choreography is like, yeah, you're based in reality, but you also have to stylize it because it's also based in a video game. Yeah. So the rhythm is different. Not so much different, but like the rhythm is is yeah. tweaked a little bit because he said like you like in a real fight with somebody like scorpion like he's there's not going to be any pauses not going to be stops because he's going to try and murder you yeah. and he's going to come at you with such an intensity mm-hmm. so we have to bring that to the screen so that fight if anything is brutal because it's like non-stop and there's very little rest scorpion's a killer yeah exactly <laughs> so like Lyndon ashby uh, which is great because everybody pretty much stay, you know, stay for maybe you know a couple people, a couple moments. Everybody does their own fighting and does their own yeah. stunts. Um, so, like Lyndon Ashby, who is a former Gold Gloves boxer before he became an actor, yeah. and also his martial arts training, yeah. he uh, he was unsure because like even though his his fight partner was like really safe, yeah. he knew how intense it would be. Yeah. So he was like, you know can I get a stunt double, blah, blah, blah. And Robin Shu convinced him. He's like, Lyndon, you can do this. Yeah. Like you, you are fully capable of doing it, which I love that. But he also, he was wearing kick pads, um, mm-hmm. on his sides. But, um, the, the stunt double who was playing Scorpion, um, kicked between the kit in a very precarious uh, spot between yeah. the kick pad and, um, bruised his kidney. So yeah. Lyndon Ashby was pissing blood. Uh, <laughs> so he was like popping Advil and pissing blood, yeah. which I think is a posthumous, uh, Frank Sinatra release. <laughs> yeah. Popping uh, Advil and pissing blood. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but my like, life is hell kid, yeah. but it's, it's just so great. Like the faith that Robin Shu had in him, And we'll talk more about, you know, the Johnny Cage scorpion fight, but, also, Cameron Diaz was almost in this movie. Yeah, which I still can't envision it. Like yesterday, we were watching it, and you're yeah. like, I can like I can see during, like one of those like deep fakes or whatever. Yeah, like, during during the it. scenes with Sony, you're like, I could I could kind of see it, but I could Tyler. I don't know if when you were going over this, if you could envision that, but I just couldn't envision 
Cameron Diaz, like knowing Cameron Diaz as she is now, uh-huh. I'm sure with the training, it sounds like she was doing see, a like, lot I of can training see it in my head right now. Right. And I feel like she was doing a ton of training so much so that she broke her wrist, which is why she lost the role. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if that had gone through, it would have, I could have seen it, but I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just couldn't have seen it. Tyler, is that, could you like envision that during like Bridget Wilson's Sonya Blade scenes? Yeah, so you know when I when I read about that because I, I just recently read about that and I I had a hard time seeing it. Now think about it, putting this in the timepiece and when they would have been filming, she would have been coming off of the mask with yep. Jim Carrey. Yep. Um, so she would have had that longer blonde hair, and she wasn't like the even just her her chops and acting she hadn't quite taken off yet. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know she probably could have carved her way as an action star if she would have done this movie. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, you watch her in Charlie's Angels and, and most movies she's in, she she does play kind of the goofy, yeah, that's true, yeah. uh, lovable person um, in most, not all. Right. But, yeah, no, I had a hard time envisioning her playing that role, even even with, like, you know, it being middle 90s, early to middle 90s mm-hmm. when they would have been filming. Now, I, I, I still think Veronica Vaughn was the best yeah. pick for the movie. Yeah, she, she, exactly. she literally got done filming Billy Madison. Yeah, and they called she, her and you're like, "Can you come fly out? We she, need you." Because yeah. she had tried out and they didn't get back to her, so she's like, "Okay, I have a project that I'm gonna do." And it was Billy, Billy Madison. Madison. And then after Billy Madison wrapped, they're like, "Hey, can you like Cameron Diaz just got hurt? Can you come out and like, can you come out and be Sonya yeah. Blade?" And I, th- I think she nailed it. Yeah, yeah. she did great because Sonya wasn't in the second game. And all we really right. knew of Sonya Blade was from the first game. So I think Bridget Wilson did – Bridget Wilson Sampras because she's married to Pete We're Sampras. So, let's, let's stay in 1995 Okay, okay right yeah. Now. Bridget yeah. Wilson. Um, Bridget Wilson. She uh, – oh, Veronica Vaughn. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> Robo Babe, as Paul Anderson called her, because she, like, dislocated her shoulder at yeah. one point and didn't even flinch. Yeah. And they're like – are you sure you don't do have, you, like, shoulder issues? Do you have, issues? like, a trick shoulder? And she's like, no. Uh, no and she's, just let me finish the scene. Yeah, yeah she's exactly. kept going. And also, That's she's just, last action hero before plus, this as well. Exactly. So the fact that a lot of these actors did their own fighting and their own stunts, mm-hmm. is I'm really happy to hear that mm-hmm. because it shows me how much faith they had in the project. Yeah. None of them, I mean, aside from Goro, none of them were divas or yeah. anything. And... and mm-hmm. uh, and. I don't know. I just really like hearing that, that they were really enthusiastic, that they had a lot of faith in this picture yeah. to make it as good as it could be. Yeah. And like back to Bridget Wilson, I think she really, I think she established Sonya more of as like the badass, yeah. like take, take charge, take like a no nonsense cop mm-hmm. who she just, she's just focused on exacting revenge on, on the guy who killed her partner. And like, it's just, I think, her intensity as a character and her her just how iconic she would become her so, her appearance yeah. like in future games that appearance is based on the movie mm-hmm. Sonya Blade yeah. at least that's what I deduce because in the first game because we already established she wasn't in the second game so in the first game she, oh, she, I guess she was barely in the second game she, she, she was like, in the background yeah. of the second game but in the first game she just had like martial arts gear mm-hmm. like a green like uh Crop, know, crop top, top and, and like green tights, green tights and like a headband. So this like badass cop look, they they used like mm-hmm. in in future games. So that's pretty huge that yeah. she kind of set that trend mm-hmm. for the character. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it's it is it's it's completely amazing how much this film influences Mortal Kombat. You know, three, four, five, yep. and on. 
uh, because as as the platforms grew, they started telling more story. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, if you if you look at the character listing for Mortal Kombat three, you do you see a, a Sonya Blade with a with a headband and uh, just this rugged individualistic woman that's going to take on the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think yeah, I think Bridget did a great job portraying that role. Uh, you know, it's it's in the height of the mid '90s, which is really big on girl power. Like that was a big thing that was coming mm-hmm. around. Feminism was taking this grungy edge, and it was yeah. it was it was edgy, and there was there was tension, and women were fighting back, and we were we are hardcore. Um, and and I think she took that, embraced it, and put it into this character that had to learn one. Yeah, I'm strong, but I'm stronger as a team, mm-hmm. uh, and I can trust people, uh, even though I don't want to. Uh, but yeah, man, seeing her fight, her fight scene is still one of one of the coolest fight scenes because you see this woman take on a grown man and just give him the business end yeah. of it. Like, you know, she ends it and and she doesn't she she kills him. Like, yeah. Yeah. it it they, she she snaps his neck and they uh, because it's a PG thirteen movie, you're only allowed to you know you, you had yeah. to like keep the body count yeah, yeah. down for on screen and uh you know i think it was important to see that that's one of the on-screen fatalities that happens is you know sonya taking out kano uh exacting her revenge but also like take you know taking a stand for womankind everywhere and saying hey we're here and we can fight back kind of thing it's just it was always a cool scene to watch growing up i can say that much oh yeah for Mm -hmm. sure and you were saying this movie set the tone for a lot of games moving forward Kano, the character before this movie was just like uh, another, you know, kind of he was of Asian descent. Mm-hmm. But because Trevor mm-hmm. Goddard did such a good job in this movie they as like kind of like the yeah. Aust- like the rugged Australian, you know, uh, killer, they retconned all that, and they're like, okay, from now on, th- that's Kano. Mm-hmm. Like they rewrote the character based on a performance mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. And speaking of kind of future games and how they kind of used players from this movie players just being the actors um carrie tagawa is is scenery he he is he's the voice of shang sung in the in the newest game right now yeah but he he doesn't need to yell he doesn't need to like be you you can tell his intensity by just very low like very maniacal and intense yeah without really raising his voice very low tone sonya blade is like welcome to my ship like yeah it's just one of those things where like you can tell he's like he's he's a maniac and he's this evil sorcerer but like he doesn't get anywhere to like raising his voice and he's so like suave and like debonair Mm -hmm. but he's like super evil but when he does raise his voice it seems out of place yeah like in terms of intensity you're like no man you're i feel like you're way more intense like jafar staying right here yeah yeah instead of like when you scream it almost sounds silly yeah definitely you know he has such commanding voice and it's it's amazing because when you see him in other roles where he plays like we mentioned it earlier, he, he's in Johnny Tsunami, a Disney Channel movie, yep. and he plays, you know, the lovable Hawaiian grandfather, and and yeah, he, even even there, he has this ability to to command the scene, to set it all up, and he never, his voice never goes above, you know, this octave of a normal speaking voice because mm-hmm. he doesn't he doesn't need to. He 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 can act. His acting is commanded by his voice, and it's so recognizable, specifically in his role of Shang Tsung. You, you, he really brings this character to life. Like, even when I, when you think about a supervillain, 
was trying to take over the world, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's the whole point. He was trying to rig the fight, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the competition so that he could win and Outworld could come in and, and take over. You know, you, you get this sorcerer, this madman, and and his, his voice just commands authority when he speaks, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's never, there's the scene where Kitana is fighting Liu Kang and she's yeah. actually really just kind of giving him tips. But you hear him say, you know, Kitana! Yeah. But it's not a yell. Like it's it's just a it's just a commanding yep. name call mm-hmm. and it's and she stops and the you know, like the entire scene freezes when he says it and then you disappoint me. Yeah. And it's just this 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 small thing, but you knew that dude was ticked. Yeah. And he meant business. Uh so hats off to, you know, Johnny Tsunami, Grandpa Tsunami. Yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> I just that's how that's how I think of him. Yeah. Like I remember seeing Johnny yeah. Tsunami before Mortal Kombat. Uh-huh. And so when I saw him in Mortal Kombat, I was like, that's the nice grandpa from Johnny Tsunami. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and uh, man, just a phenomenal actor. Um, anything that he's in. Yeah. He just, he, even as a bad guy though, he, he is just kind of lovable in a way. If you, yeah. if you think about it, just how he, one, how he carries himself Two, he's not, he's not a super evil. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not like, it's not like he's this person that you hate so much Mm -hmm. in the film. There's, there's aspects of his character that you're like, Oh, he is kind of trying to play fair until you see him suck the life out of somebody. Exactly. (laughs) And then you're like, okay, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, even at the, like when they first get to his, they first get on the Island where mortal Kombat is taking place and it's the dinner scene to where they're all kind of sitting and eating. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he, where we're first, where we first see the powers of um, Sub Zero, like in full form, when he gives them a taste of things to come. Before the fight with Sub Zero and the like, the guard, uh, he's basically, he's basically like in a way, kind of telling them like a change is about to come, mm-hmm. but it it'll be good for you. Almost like this mental and emotional manipulation. Almost like Mortal Kombat's already been won. Yeah, like this is just. You know, we're having this this uh, Mortal Kombat. We've Outworld has won nine of them. We're going to win this tenth one, mm-hmm. but we invited you here because that's how the tournament works. We want to, we want to see you witness your demise. Yeah, but he's so like yeah. charismatic, like almost like a cult leader. He's like, yeah. like a change yeah. is coming, but it'll be good. You know that yeah. sort of thing. And that's just paraphrasing, but that was basically the. That's what I took from it. I'm like, he's basically like he basically knows he's gonna he thinks he's going to win. Yeah. And he's, he's issuing this, like everything's going to change. Like it'll be good. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if after he won any survivors, he'd probably be like, you can be our slaves or mm-hmm. what, you know, whatnot. It's the most noble of causes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, definitely. I, now the two, the two best characters are Robin shoes, Luke Kang and Lynn Ashby as Johnny Cage. Flip that. Well, I'm just not. Oh, no, in order. no, no. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, I thought you said Lyndon Ashby as Liu Kang. No, yeah. Never mind. Sorry. Uh, are you even listening <laughs> to me? No. Um, but <laughs> Lyndon Ashby, he. We mentioned earlier that the humor is spread out. Where he puts the humor and the sarcasm, he is such a great. He's such. He's such like a shit. Like he's yeah. such like a cocky. Like he's out to prove something because yeah. he's this actor who people like. He's a legit the, martial artist yeah, who's an actor. But the tabloids yeah. say he's a fake and all. Yeah. But, like, um, he he's out to prove something, but he's also, like, super cocky. 
And like Lyndon Ashby plays that so well and so convincing. This combo of cockiness, but then a warm sincerity when the yeah. time calls for it. So mm-hmm. he, we were talking about characters who we claim is our definitive, mm-hmm. and he's my definitive Johnny Cage, just mm-hmm. like Robin Shu's my definitive Liu Kang. Yeah, I think the casting on both those mm-hmm. was great. Um, he has my favorite line in the movie. Those are $500 sunglasses, asshole. Yeah. Like, I love and that, and that was an improvised line. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, 100% improvised. You know, it's, it's <laughs> such a great, just smart-ass comment yeah. that sets the... I mean, it just carries the tone for his character. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. at, and at that point, that fight with Goro, like, he's, he's a more mature kind yeah. of fighter now because prior you had Lord Raiden lining the three of them up like kind of telling them what their weaknesses mm-hmm. are and for Johnny Cage he's like you're out to prove that you can fight mm-hmm. and you'll go which means you'll accept any fight to prove that mm-hmm. and though that takes a lot of courage you're you're going to fight sloppy and yeah. you're in your fight uh, can't remember what he said but basically you're going to be sloppy and unintelligent and you're not going to fight smart yeah, and so like you think going into the Goro fight, you're gonna get that brash Johnny Cage, but he fights smart and yeah. with the splits and punching him in the nuts. Yep. And then when he finds yep. the higher ground, he's like his limited movement, and he fights smart. And so in that Goro fight, he is the more mature kind of fighting like Johnny Cage. Mm-hmm. And plus, I love yeah. when. He punches Goro in the nuts, and Raiden's like, yeah! And he, like, punches the guy's shoulder (laughs) next to him. He's like, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Dude, it's such a great great character for him to have played. I I think, you know, even just, you see this this idea that starts with his opening scene in the movie that they're filming Mm -hmm. within the movie. And, you know, it's the five guys, and he's like, let's dance. And he's just you know you get through the fight with all these dudes and he's just kicking this guy kicking this guy kicking this guy and he's finally like this is the part where you fall down yeah. and then the dude just jumps backwards and he's like come on where, where do you, you get, get these, these guys? guys yeah exactly and uh you know and it's just it's it's this lovable i guess lovable is not the word yeah, hey, yeah lovable's word he's yeah. the lovable sarcastic you know kind of a jackass in some ways yeah. until he realizes that the greatest the greatest thing he could do is sacrifice himself for the good of the team, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he goes into the Goro fight, and yes, we see a mature, we see a mature Johnny Cage take on this monster, this undefeated monster who just annihilated one of their, you know, one of the other mortal, um, you know, humans in this mm-hmm. fight. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, he's undefeated in Mortal Kombat. And then yeah, Johnny Cage finally takes him on and sa- repeats his his line. But it's it's a redeemed line, which is yeah. this is the part where you fall down. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Goro falls off the face of the cliff, and and it's the end of Goro. So, yeah. I, I think uh, I think when Goro killed Arlene, it doesn't have as much weight as it did. They could have used a, a couple more scenes establishing like they could have they they should have maybe had, maybe Arlene maybe Sonya's like warming up, and Arlene's like, hey Sonya, maybe you know try this or like yeah. because she has. She has one of the more emotional reactions to Arlene mm-hmm. being killed by being killed by Goro. Arlene, which isn't a character from the no, video they game, inexplicably no, created him for the movie. I don't know why. I think it's because you have already your established, you know, good guys yeah. and good and like a good girl yeah. to where like 
and to use wrestling terms, you can't have a heel versus heel match because every, sure. everybody else that isn't one of the main characters are pretty much bad guys. Yeah. So like emotionally, yeah. you're you not gonna have a good guy. That. To you gotta have another to throw to the wolves. Yeah. Sacrificial yeah. lamb. But with that being said, they should have had a scene or two of art. You get Art's backstory. Like yeah. he's sitting down because Johnny Cage was like because at the beginning you're like, Art Lean. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I saw you fight the. I mean, you were great. And like he Art Art was the one who believed like Johnny yeah. was legit. Um, but mm-hmm. we could have we could have had an, an extra scene where Art is like sitting with the three main characters, at yeah. least giving like some of his backstory. So he at least had a little more of a yeah. an emotional attachment. Yeah. Instead, you know, you just see him like he makes this like. When he's about to die, he makes this like wide-eyed, weird cross-eyed face, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, there goes Art Lee. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get the, kind of the double, add like the double fists coming down from Goro on yeah. Art Lee, and it's just it kind it takes away for a couple minutes because you're still like like last night. I just was like, I remember why I love this movie as a kid. I'm so invested, and then like the emotional reactions with like Johnny and Sonya. I was like. This like it kind of takes me out because it's like there's not really any establishment of a relationship yeah. besides a couple things. Me that as an audience, saying. I don't I don't have a connection to Art Lean. Yeah. yeah, no, and and he's a static character. I mean, he's he's a he's a story filler. It kind of gave them, hey, one of even if it's just one of the genuine another genuine human died yeah. from Earthrealm, and so we got it. We got to take this dude out because if you, I mean, in, even in the gathering up to that, you know, we're we're never told how many human from earth realm guys show up to this thing right right we just we focus on our three main but you just see goro trouncing dudes left yeah. and right and then it comes to the fight with art lee uh you know and so yeah there, you, you could you could have used some time getting to know him a little bit better would have distracted from the main plot points i don't know we get katana as a as an aide but you don't hear any of her stuff until the second movie anyway yeah. so you know <laughs> other than she's a 110 year old princess or something like yeah, that exactly yeah. uh ten thousand years old oh sorry ten thousand yeah, year old princess. it's okay uh but but My even apologies. even oh, katana no, right even katana is formidable in the sense as like a badass female because she's the guide and you know she's got yeah. the, the bit of exposition as they're walking through outworld mm-hmm. she's like it used to be beautiful but you know we lost 10 mortal combats and so kung lao came in and like or Shao Kahn. Shao Kahn, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I will say I love how descended of, when Lu, Lu Kang, Lu Kang descended, is introduced like in, in the more formal way of the descendant of Kung Lao. Yeah, I like, thought yeah. that was cool. I thought really cool. Kung Lao. And, then, oh. and then when he steps up to Shang Tsung mm-hmm. to challenge him in the final yeah. match, he's like, I am Lu Kang, descendant of Kung Lao. And I'm yeah. like, yes, Kung Lao. Robin Shu, yeah. like finally to Lu Kang's portrayal. Robin Shu did a phenomenal job. Um, of course, you know, they're kind of the weird line deliveries, but even when he does humor, like I love, I love the part. So I love, I pointed out to Matt this part yesterday. So they're about to get on, uh, Shang Tsung's ship to go to, to go to the tournament. And, uh, friend Liu Kang is just walking on the dock and Johnny Cage is like, Hey buddy, can you carry my bags for me? He's like, you want me to carry your bags? And like, he hands them, uh, like maybe like 20, 50 yeah. bucks. And he's like, yeah, can you do that? He's like, yeah, and then like he takes his brief. He's like, I he's got, like, it. I got like, it. No, I got it. And then he grabs Johnny Cage's briefcase and drops it in the in the in the water. And he just looks at him with a grin and walks off. And I love how Johnny wasn't like, "What the hell, man?" or "What the hell?" He was like, "Man, I'm glad he didn't. I didn't ask him to park the car." Yeah. Or he was like, "Thank God I didn't ask him to park yeah. the car." Such right. a great, 
such a great like timing, such great mm-hmm. delivery. And I was like, they could have easily like made that cliche where he's like, like he has this l- bewildered look on his face or he's like, what the hell? Or yells yeah. at him. But he's like, God, I'm glad I didn't ask. I thank God I didn't ask him to park the car. Like <laughs> yeah. that was like, that was great. Yeah. So he has a good mix of like the humor, but you can tell he plays him and you can tell the nobility of the character. And you can also tell, you can tell that he's the hero because Luke Hanger is a hero of Mortal Kombat. There's an actual arc to, yeah. to his character in this yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's weight there's weight to Liu Kang's character. You you have one you have a guy that's witnessed in a in a vision in a dream the the death of his brother, uh, and then wakes up to a Western Union telegram, mm-hmm. uh, very pointed. You know, your brother is dying. Brother dead. Yes. Yeah, brother says. dead. It's it, it's just very pointed. There's not much to it. Yeah. Um, very as my friend Biaka would have said. Very is very Asian in context. Like, <laughs> but very to the point. It, yeah, it was not. Exactly. Uh, it was they're not going to drag this out a ton you know come home and then we can mourn together and so mm-hmm. you know he shows he shows up to the temple where him and his brother were raised and trained and and you know he's like i am the descendant of kung lao uh and my i think one of my favorite parts and it's just kind of the beginning and it sets up the whole relationship between raiden and, and Liu yeah. kang but you know raiden pops in and he's like get up get up he's just a man like you're not bow- you're not bowing down to some god of yes. thund- lightning yeah. and thunder like he's just a man just a beggar and then yeah and then all of a sudden there's bolts of lightning coming out of his yeah. fingers and you're like oh okay he's not just a man <laughs> and then when on the ship he's like you really are raiden yeah but the, yeah. the character yeah. of luke king starts off with skepticism he runs away because he knows he's the chosen one, mm-hmm. so he runs away to America, has to come back due to his brother's death. But there's skepticism about the the mysticism that he grew up and his grandpa like talked to him about mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat and the tournaments. He's like, you know, you don't really believe all that. And so he's like, okay, I'll fight in Mortal Kombat, but I know sh- you know, Chance Killer's gonna be there. Mm-hmm. So it was revenge based. But you didn't realize he didn't realize that if he went in immediately he was going to get sloppy and he was going to die. What he needed to do was go through like a character change of I'm here to face my fear. My, my brother's death is not my fault. Like I, I, you know, I need to take up my mantle as the chosen one. And Mm -hmm. in order to do that, I need to be wise and serene and I need to have control of myself. Yeah. Um, so those are a lot of the, the big characters. Now, going back to the question that we posed kind of earlier and the question that was on a lot of people's minds was how do you take a hard R M-rated game that's like so controversial with how violent and bloody and gory it is, how do you make it PG-13? And I think they did it in a very clever way. I think they did a very good job of like taking a lot of the spirit of the game and took away kind of the gratuity yeah. of the violence. It took away the buckets of blood and amped up these high octane action mm-hmm. scenes, these high octane techno fights. Techno music. This in your face, <laughs> like driving techno music, really like pulse pounding stuff that like gets the gets the viewer into into the fights. I the fights are so awesome from the first fight to where like like they're they're in Shang Tsung's palace yeah. and they're they just get done like Spying like, on spying on Goro and and um, Kano and Kano and Shang Tsung and Shang Tsung's like we're not alone because like as they get up they're like they shift some of the the foundation yeah. or some rocks around them and then Shang Tsung's guards come in and then that's when the immortals 
Mortal Kombat starts playing, and that's this like it's the first fight, and you kind of get yeah. to see a little bit of like the the skill yeah. of these characters, and from then on, you just amp up the intensity yeah. of each fight. Yep. And what's really cool about that scene too is you you get sort of towards the end of the fight. Like when uh, Johnny Cage throws one of the guards into Sonya Blade's clothesline. Yeah. You get her kind of freeze-framed, like mm-hmm. with her clothesline arm out and intense face. Johnny Cage has like a bow staff, and so he's got a cool kind of I love stance. That. I love that shot. Liu Kang is frozen in his fight stance. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they just they they just kicked ass, and they're this, this, this. It's cool to see those statuesque like stances that mm-hmm. they're kind of frozen on those. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It, you know that, and I think that's such an important part because what you're seeing is not these characters are, are, are warriors. And so you, you see this vision of like, they just got done taken out, you know, they took on six people, a, a person mm-hmm. and you see them pop through and it's like, okay, we're ready to, we're ready to start this tournament. Mm-hmm. We're ready to fight. And then all of a sudden, you know, it pans back out to how many, like there's like 20 or yeah. 30 more yeah guards with weapons and then you hear raiden going ah, I, I don't think so yeah yeah Cause like, <laughs> you know because like at the at the end of like them fighting you know raiden's like on the on this flight of stairs and he's like clapping and he's like absolutely like absolutely like excellent like absolutely wonderful brilliant he's like, yeah, yeah brilliant. he's like now what are you gonna do about them and there's yeah. like yeah 20 or 30 yeah. of shank sun's guards like right there and they're getting ready to fight and he's like uh uh-uh. uh, and then that's when like, cause Zzz, yeah, cause Zzz, then like they yeah. back off, and it even shows that even the most evil of like Shang Tsung's henchmen have reverence for Lord Raiden or fear or yeah, fear, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fear, reverence. Sometimes they're interchangeable. Sure, unfortunately. But, um, I mean, we could we could go detailed into each fight, but let's just talk about some of our favorite fights. Yeah. So Tyler, you meant because we had mentioned like how badass the the Scorpion Johnny Cage fight is, but you had mentioned that. The, the Sub-Zero Liu Kang fight, um, correct me if I'm wrong, was probably probably your favorite fight. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a two-way tie, to be honest with you, between the Reptile Liu Kang fight and the Sub-Zero Liu Kang fight, for different reasons. Um, the, the Sub-Zero Liu Kang fight, it, they're both my favorite, and I'll just touch on both yeah. of them for mm-hmm. a second. Sub-Zero Liu Kang fight, because Sub-Zero was always my favorite ninja to play as, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's because he's blue. It's because of the ice. Um, uh, Leonardo, my favorite Ninja Turtle, yeah, being yeah. blue. I, I honestly, I think that's what tied it all together for mm-hmm. me. Was just he was blue and things like that. So having having Sub Zero, you know, uh, being able to shoot and freeze people, I thought was really cool in the game. But then you look at his fight, and you watch Liu Kang learning how to fight a immortal being with with powers. Mm-hmm. Liu Kang being somebody who has his brain and his his experience, but at the time we don't see, you know, like in the game he can throw fireballs mm-hmm. and like energy blast balls right. type things that are red, and he's got a little bit more to him. But in in this in this fight he only has what's around him. He's got to use his surroundings. He's got to get that as we mentioned for yeah. Johnny Cage's character. He's got to he's got to fight smart against this guy, and so. You know, you see him figure out like, oh, this is going to hurt if I get touched by this ice. And he takes this pitcher of water and throws it and it mm-hmm. turns into an ice, like a yeah. massive icicle that just impales Sub-Zero. What, what I liked about the fight, though, is the choreography in the Sub-Zero Liu Kang fight is very acrobatic. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see him running and flipping off of walls. You see 
you know, Sub-Zero flipping. And there's a lot of this acrobatic stuff that goes into it in this dark room and it's just one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, is it the best fight of the movie? No, that, that fight will always be reserved for the Scorpion yeah. uh, Johnny Cage fight just because of one, the change, change of scenery to how that fight plays out. Yeah. But at, at heart, that Sub-Zero Liu Kang fight, the acrobatics, the style that they use when they fight, how they maneuver around the room, um, you know, even Liu Kang figuring out like, oh, here's water and I can use that to win was awesome. If you move to the reptile fight, you see somebody who's, you see a Liu Kang that's not fighting out of fear anymore, mm-hmm. yes. but is fighting, fighting to win. He's fighting with, with a mastery of himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that fight, you know, Robin show actually like cracked three ribs yeah, yeah. and, and he, he got slammed into a pillar like 10 times. Yeah. He was tired. They kept having to reshoot this cause they were trying to do it all in one take. Mm-hmm. So, you know, something messes up. It's a full stop restart from the beginning. Um, and so they, he was like, they were even communicating back and forth. Like, Hey, uh, right side. It's a little bruised. I'm hurting. Yeah. Try If you're going to kick me there, like, don't actually kick me there. Try and aim a little higher, a little lower. Uh, cause he was hurting so bad. But what you see in that fight is you see at a self-aware Liu Kang, you see brute strength, um, being utilized to fight without fear. Um, because he's preparing to go take on, and, 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 and really just put an end to all this with Shang yes. Tsung. Um, the, the bicycle kick, yes. which is a, which is a Liu Kang signature move in every game was used against reptile. Um, I remember being in a swimming in a pool as a kid and trying to like learn how to do like, you know, I'd like push backwards off the pool and then bicycle kick, yeah. like yeah. obviously completely different. I was, but I thought I was right. looking, I thought I was cool. So, of course. you know, you know, so that that's those two are definitely my favorite. Nice. I think the payoff for the bicycle kick was perfect mm-hmm. in the movie. They didn't use yeah. it too early. They didn't use it too much. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a fan sitting there and you're already engaged and you're like, okay, I'm 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 for this mm-hmm. PG-13 Mortal Kombat. Like I like the references. It's not too much. You know, you're referencing characters and worlds that I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. And then finally, when Liu Kang gets the end of the reptile fight and uses the bicycle kick, the the fact that they used it once and they used it there towards the end of the movie and tension is building, like I just think they used it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine someone who's a huge fan watching it and they finally see the bicycle kick and they're like, the bicycle kick, there mm-hmm. it is. Same thing with Johnny Cage's shadow kick. Yeah, exactly. Like it's Scorpion. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I like I I I love. I love the fight with. I said lizard. <laughs> uh, I love the fight. With I like the lizard fight. Uh, I love in the reptile fight because, like, originally he's just this CGI lizard, yeah. and then he gets thrown like in Outworld when Johnny and Liu Kang are in Outworld. Uh, Liu Kang throws him into this old like skeleton, like like, like gargoyle skeleton, and then he he. Um, he uh, takes on his ninja form. He, he takes on his ninja form. He, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Transmutates. <laughs> no, it's a more, it's a more general word than that. But he, he, he like changes. He fleshes out, you know, he yeah. changes into his ninja form and you get this, uh, this narration of what's going reptile. Oh, like, it gives I, me chills yeah, every time. It says his name. Yeah. I think, and it might be one of the only, that, well, does it say, does it say Scorpion's name too? 
No, I can't remember. Or is he, he, of is course, that the only time? Yeah, that's you, the only you, time you you get the Ed Boon. Get over here! Yeah, yeah. Or like get yeah. down here or welcome. <laughs> but that's the yeah. only time you get someone saying the character's name and yeah and it's and it sounds like it's from the game yeah and it's yeah it's put into this like techno like reptiles next to the theme reptiles song played during that fight is probably my favorite on Mm -hmm. the soundtrack yeah and a lot of that has to do with the reptile yeah and then he changed and then the the music starts and he just comes right out and starts kicking luke kang's ass the close-up shots of both those those both those fights are much more intense and tyler you mentioned you get more of a fully fleshed out luke kang a more confident luke kang in his fight against reptile and it shows because he's he is more he's more he's uses more of brute strength and yeah. he, he and he his 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 finesse is there and the fluidity is really good and just yeah. it's just it's both of those fights are just really high impact and you can really tell like out of any fight in the movie you can really tell in those two fights that they are making full contact yeah so do you want to yeah, know absolutely. my favorite yeah. fight sure johnny cage and scorpion yeah I mean, ever it, it made me a Johnny Cage fan. It made me a Scorpion fan. Mm-hmm. The intensity of the fight when they're in Scorpion's lair, that's when they up the ante. Because mm-hmm. when they're still on Earth realm, and they're like in the the giant like tree uh, in the like woods, the, the, in the woods, yeah, you get like get over here, and you get, you know, you get that. But when he shadow kicks into Scorpion's lair. Mm-hmm it's that the aesthetics again like it's just intense and it's kind of scary and it's yeah. moody because he's he's not like scorpion is not stopping because now because now this mortal this human mm-hmm. is in this magic world mm-hmm. so i'm just putting myself in johnny cage's shoes it's like it's my mortal strength against you know your kind of magic influence like you know killer instincts mm-hmm. and stuff like that so just the way Johnny handles him. I mean, he gets his ass kicked most of the fight, but it looks Mm. amazing, especially Mm. with the wide shots. And then when he uses the old spiked shield Mm -hmm. to slice him up, throws a spear at him, and it ends with his friendship move where you've got the Johnny Cage headshot Mm -hmm. and says, to my biggest fan. So that's Mm -hmm. just always been my favorite fight of Mm -hmm. the movie. And then in a very close second is Liu Kang and Reptile. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The, the the one of the unique parts about the the Scorpion uh, Johnny Cage fight is uh, one the use of just hard and rigid, um, you know. So Scorpion being, you know, you see his signature, his palm mm-hmm. chain, uh, and in different games they've used different things. But you do you see you see the the get over here move that I. I I don't even really know how to describe it, but the the thing that shoots out of yeah. his hand yeah. and sticks into the tree, mm-hmm. uh, and it comes back, and then you know he disappears. He's using shadow technique, uh, and then you get into Scorpion's lair, and you're seeing the use of the bridge, him flipping and coming down hard with a knee. Yeah, uh, just this rigid, very hard style of martial art. Uh, and then Johnny Cage with the finesse, right? Very, mm-hmm. very taekwondo, very kickboxing. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of, uh, and then, you know, Johnny Cage does a pole swing and spins around and flips and kicks this dude in the face. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, yeah, and then, and then you do, you see, you know, Scorpion rip his mask off to try and do the fire breath. 
Johnny Cage throws a spear yep. and then throws the sh- you know cuts him up with a shield. He ex- blood squirting, <laughs> yeah. big, you know, blood and fire squirting everywhere. A big explosion. I always wondered at the end of it though, how the heck did he get out of there? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So he's just like, yep, okay, I'm just gonna trot myself out of here. Like, yeah, it's gonna be a door uh, but, over here somewhere. You know, but dude, yeah, such a phenomenal fight. If if you're listening to this and you're not familiar with these fights, or you're thinking, dang, I haven't watched that movie in a while, one, go watch it. Yeah. Two get on YouTube and watch these fights. Like yeah, you'll, yeah. it'll be a blast of nostalgia from the past. Yeah. Exactly. And the one thing I would change about the reptile fight is since Johnny cage is there, I wanted one fight where yeah. it's Johnny and Lou. Like that. I cool. think against reptile would have been awesome. You know, you get, you know, Johnny kind of, you know, getting his licks in and getting, you know, hit and the same with Lou and like feeds him to Lou and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like reptile, there's like a sliding door that separates the two of them. And that's how it becomes just one-on-one. So yeah. I just would have added Johnny to that. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's cause just, we love Johnny cage. Yeah. Um, so he's like, standing outside spinning the record. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's playing the background music. <laughs> um, but like we, we love Johnny cage and I just wanted to see like yeah. more of Johnny cage, but he served his purpose. And like Tyler, like you said, this was to prove how formidable of an opponent Liu Kang would be for the very last fight against Shang Tsung. Now, originally Shang Tsung um, challenged Sonya Blade because of an agreement he he had with Johnny, Johnny Cage because Johnny wanted to fight Goro. Um, if you, like Tyler said, if you haven't watched the movie in a while, let's go back and watch the movie. I, it's I'm not, fantastic. I yeah, I won't I won't lay everything out for you. But he's captured Sonya and they've gone to Outworld. And you know, Liu Kang's like you know you know. She has to accept the challenge, or else there can't be no final combat. Well, there can't be no final combat. I just thought it was funny Every how time, he said the that. The way he says combat, he's like, "Oh, there can't be no final combat." Um, but like, <laughs> she doesn't accept it. He's like, "Johnny Cage!" Like, challenges Johnny Cage, and Luke Kang's, "No, you'll fight me." Yeah. And that's when he says, yeah. "Luke Kang, descendant of Kung Lao." Yeah. And that do you fight, accept or do you yeah, yield? That fight yeah. may not be. That's not on the. It's not on the. It's not in the on the same. It's great, but it's not in the same like level of intensity it's still intense because it's emotionally intense the purpose is to yeah. bring lose arc to completion yeah it's yeah. more of a storied fight as opposed to flashy like you know high intensity high octane moves it's funny to me in the fight because shang song can be is a shapeshifter because in the games his special move because in the game and this is one of the last things we'll say about the game because i want to save everything for a game yeah. episode um but in the games they they used up almost all of their budget on other characters. And they're like, what are we going to do about Shang Tsung? So Shang Tsung's special moves in the game is he's a shapeshifter and he uses his special moves are the special moves of whoever he shapeshifted yeah. into. Repurposing. So they, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they incorporate that into the final fight because he turns into Lou's brother Chan. And I, yesterday, out, like, out loud, I was like, you just watched him change. <laughs> I said that again today. Yeah. He's uh, like, you're not really Chan. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah no oh, shit. Yeah, because you just watched him change he's into like, Chan. He's like, Chan. And I'm like, it's not Chan. You just watch Shang Tsung change into Chan. <laughs> yes. But this one he goes, you're mine. Yeah. Um, really wide mouthed. Yeah. yeah. But it's it, it's a, it's on on an emotional level. Yeah. It's intense. And then at, at the end when he finally kills Shang Tsung and all the souls are released and Chan does show up, he's yeah. like, and like he's almost got a crack in his voice when he's like he like reaches out his hand to Chan. He's like Chan. Yeah. You know, like there is. He's like one day we'll be together again, brother. You yeah. know, but go in peace. He's yeah. Like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah that final fight. It is not. I mean, it's really not. It's not spectacular. It's it's cool 
because you see the triumph over over evil you see Earthrealm win and the victory and all all this supposed to be set right but it's yeah it is it's more of an emotional fight and a closure fight than it is a because they already showed you and they led you up to that so it's like you know you, typically in movies you it always leads up or games or things like that there's always the, the final boss battle but honestly my favorite science sometimes my, my favorite things are the the challenge to get there mm-hmm. is great and then the final boss battle isn't as anything crazy yeah, yeah. it might even be it, it's even just to say like hey you've made it and so now like you've proven who you are he mm-hmm. had to because he, he takes out like the 10 or the, the 10 warriors or yeah, whatever yeah. pop out of the ground he takes them out pretty quickly um and then you know pops up the stairs and he fights Shang Tsung a couple times and then he changes because he's getting his butt kicked realizing that like Liu Kang is fi- by far the superior fighter mm-hmm. Yep. And and then you know at the they incorporate you know the spiked floor, um, yeah. Like, yeah. like when you're fighting on the bridge in Mortal Kombat, and then you knock them down, and you you kind of, yeah you fall with amongst you fall amongst the spikes. Yeah. Um, but what chokes me up, and even as a kid, not like crying wise as a kid, but I I realized the emotional impact it had on me just with the song that's used, like when all the souls are going around, and he talks to Chan for yeah. the last time. The song that's used, and then like. He, then everybody like you know katana's there they and, congregate on the floor yeah, look up at katana him. johnny cage and sonya they're looking up at him and lou's just like let's go home yeah because they just won mortal Kombat. and then like all the kids are running up the, to running up to the temple and like oh you know you're they, they've triumphed so the humans have triumphed and the song that's being used adds so much to yeah. it and like i love when raiden's like yeah, they're uh, Liu Kang's like you knew, you knew the whole time, and he's like didn't, didn't have, have a clue. clue. Yeah, and then he's like, you, you humans are so unpredictable. Yep, he's like you guys did great. Yeah, and like I love that that was the end, but then the cliffhanger, you know, at the end, the 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 sky gets overcast and gloomy, and you hear this this roaring. Yeah, and like he's like Liu Kang's like, who is it? And Raiden's like the Emperor, because the whole time he's not referred to as as Shao Kahn. He's referred yeah. to as the Emperor. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the temple, di- you know, disintegrates and fall and just kind of di- disintegrates. Yeah, it and explodes. Then, and then it, it's a CGI Shao Kahn. It's Frank Welker, who, voice actor, legend, legend extraordinaire. Yeah. Um, he's like, you know, pathetic humans. I've come for your souls. And then, I don't think so. And then, like, the Mortal Kombat theme plays as they all take their stance. And then it goes, da 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 That was going so, the credits. Ba- it still is badass. Yeah. But when I was a kid. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. When I was a kid, like, from the first time I watched it and the times I watched it growing up, that's still so, like, they're all f- like freeze frame in their mm-hmm. fighting stances. You're like, oh shit, it's about to. They're, they, they are the protectors of Earthrealm, yeah. and they are not gonna let anything stand in the way. And you just see like, I just like, I just liked watching each of their mm-hmm. stances. Like yeah. Raiden had a particular stance. Johnny Cage had a particular stance. Sonya, Liu Kang, Katana. It's it was just so badass mm-hmm. that teamed with the theme song. Yeah, and. And Annihilation had to go and ruin I, it. I, after at the at the end of the movie, and I feel it more now because you know how I've grown up and the emotional impact that it has on me. I was like to Matt, I was like I.
fucking hate Mortal Kombat Annihilation <laughs> because this is such a great ending, such an emotional, impactful ending. If I wish they would have just left it a cliffhanger, like they did, yeah, like Super, Super Mario, Mario Brothers, where you get you know Princess Peach at, at the yeah. end, like saying you know guys, da da da, and like you don't get a second Super Mario. Hey Brothers, guys, but, yeah. but hey guys, it's me. <laughs> uh, but like Annihilation had to ruin all of that. And it's, we won't and we won't talk about annihilation. But all like I, all I will say is it starts where that scene leaves off, and yeah. you have a different Johnny Cage, a different Sonya, different Raiden, different Raiden. Johnny Cage dies in the first like ten minutes. Um, yeah, yeah, Shao Kahn is miscast. Yeah, uh, you add some bald white guy. You add Sindel, who is terrible. And Too you, many characters you gum in that up, movie. You have Nightwolf and Cyrax, and, and they you, double down on the CGI too, yeah. especially in a time in which the CGI did not look good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, no. It was just overblown. I hate that movie. Mm-hmm. It has a three on it's IMDb. A, it's a dumpster fire, and yeah. it's it, it goes to show um, when when things are good and you let the production studio get too much of a yeah. hands-on, mm-hmm. it tanks it. Completely different writer, completely different director. Yep. Um, you know, and it just it just it just ruined it. And it chalks it up to like let's just chalk it up. Every great '90s original for the most part, especially in this martial arts like realm yeah. went on to just tank. Just. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like all the way back to things like best of the best. Yes. And it, it went on to like four different movies, yeah. but the first one was always the best. Mm-hmm. Like teenage mutant Ninja turtles love the second and third movies. Cause they're nostalgic, but mm-hmm. the second one is nowhere near as good as the first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, let's, let's it, just, you name it. Blood sport, uh, kickboxer, like yeah. any of Three these ninjas. movies. Three Ninjas, yeah, even the Three Ninjas, like the, the the original one is where it's at. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, Annihilation is a dumpster fire. Don't watch it. Do not recommend it. Zero out of zero. You know, it is just there. There are there are movie series to where I will love the original and the sequels. I'll find some redeeming qualities. I'll be like, yeah, I you know, it's either great, 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 good, great, okay. This is great awful like complete opposite ends of the spectrum Mm -hmm. i remember being so excited um because we owned this first vhs i ever bought was mortal kombat and the first blu-ray you ever first blu-ray i ever bought was mortal kombat yeah um so like we watched mortal kombat that was in heavy heavy rotation yeah you you kept mentioning throughout the duration of the movie matt you're like this reminds me of being 12 year old 12 years old on a friday night yeah, like just watching that with our younger brother Tyler, who's on the Crow episode, um, uh, like sharing that with him and just loving that movie and being so excited because we rented Mortal Kombat Annihilation and from the like from the jump, like it, like as a kid, you're willing to give stuff a shot. From the jump, the tracking on the tape was bad. Yeah. So like there was like a staticky line above the whole, like above mm-hmm. the the screen the whole time, and that damn took, you Hollywood video. Yeah, and that, yeah. that took away from it. And then just as soon when they killed Johnny, like Matt and I were like, what? Yeah. And like we we're like, wait a minute, Sonya Sonya's different. Raiden's different. This guy playing Jax is terrible. Yeah, I liked I liked the fact that Jax was there. Yeah, because I like the character of Jax Briggs, but like, it it was bad. Like when Liu Kang turns bad. into the dragon in the Shao Kahn fight. Yeah, that just is horrible. Yeah, Robin Shu so, and Talisa Soto mm-hmm. were just so, phoning it in. So yeah, and it just and that's a shame. That's, yeah, it's a damn shame. But you know what isn't a shame? We hold on to the one that we love. 
and that is Mortal Kombat, Mortal the original Kombat. Mortal Kombat to where you can point out, you can poke as many holes as you want in the movie. When it comes down to it, we grew up with it. We love it. We love the stuff we love. We and can point a, out what's bad. But and it was a very faithful representation. It was because I think... Within the limitations it had. I think what... And to cap off this episode, I think what people liked, I think why it was such a success is the way Larry Kasanoff, the producer, looked at it. He was like, we're representing the game and the fact that this is a continuation of what the game started. So it's not it's not going to be like a true beat for direct, beat, yeah. direct representation. Because that's what I think the problem was with prior video yeah. game movies. He's like, we're, we want to build a franchise and a world of Mortal Kombat that reaches so many other mediums. This is just the movie interpretation based off of a story that was yeah. already started in the first two games. Mm-hmm. And this is just a continuation of what those games started. So yeah. I think when you, he established it, that it's its own entity. And I think that's what really helped. Yeah, for sure. No, absolutely, gentlemen. Uh, I'll, say, I'll say this, because you mentioned The Crow and it, it struck me, Brandon Scott... Or sorry, Brandon Lee, Brandon Lee <laughs> not Brandon Scott Lee. Yeah. Brandon Lee, the son of Bruce Lee, was the original pick for Liu Kang, yep. and the tragic incident that took his life on the side of the crow uh, caused them to move with Robin Show. Uh, and I, I'll say this: Brandon Lee, phenomenal martial artist, great yep. action movie. Um, no disrespect to him. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't see him as Liu Kang either. Yeah. I always see it as being Robin Show. So. Yeah. Uh, yep. If anything, I could have seen Brandon Lee be Johnny Cage. Maybe. Yeah. Because yeah. he's, he's still, like, he, you know, could still pull off that cocky, smart-ass yeah. sort yeah. of thing. Um, but, yeah, agreed. Also, a little tidbit for you, Tyler, since you mentioned uh, Secret of the Ooze and we're big uh, th- uh, Surf Ninjas fans, Ernie mm-hmm. Race Jr. auditioned Which, for Liu Kang. Yeah. Yes. And then, yes, he did. And again, not I don't. He's too. Ernie Reyes is just too lovable. Yeah, he's too California. He's too California, man. It didn't. Yeah. It doesn't work. Exactly. You needed somebody that had that neo traditional Chinese background that could come in as the monk, as a Shaolin monk yep. raised person to take that role. And I think Robin Show kills it every time. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, I think you know you can't you can't get much better than who they had for what. Um, it's great you had a fan. You had a fan making the movie. You had a fan of the game involved with the movie with Larry Kasanoff. And it all just lined up. And I can't say the same for any movie adaptations after the fact. I Mm -hmm. feel like they're hit and miss. I personally haven't watched a ton of them. Um, But, you know, there's always a market for it. But Mortal Kombat broke the curse for the time being. And it set the standard for what they're trying to go for and in it's just it's a movie that we love it's a movie i continue to love it's mm-hmm. a movie that i will share with my kids um whether or not i'll let them play the games off you know outright but you know what i'll let them play the game it's content when you contextualize <laughs> the violence and say hey this is fantasy like and it's so over the top that it's like it's it's ridiculous you yeah. can't take it seriously Find myself going jesus christ yeah. with some of those fatalities yeah exactly um but <laughs> I this movie makes me happy and I love mm-hmm. and this was one that I definitely loved rewatching for this episode. It tugged at my heartstrings like it did when I was 11, 12 years old. Tyler, I'm not going to speak for you, but I'm going to guess it was more of the same for you. Always, always will be anytime I see it on a streaming platform. Uh, and I own it. I have it on DVD, but anytime I see it on streaming, I'll yeah. I'll watch it just because 
it's it's something that you know it's one of those movies you can sit down i can quote it word for word i can watch it without actually watching it and know exactly what's going on yeah um but it does it makes me happy i'm always glad to take the time to watch it so yeah. It made me happy to talk to Tyler. Yep. Once Tyler, again. Yeah. Thank you for returning. Yes. Uh, this is again, this will be your this second appearance, but you know, again, one of many more that we yep. would have you on for. Definitely. Let's try to make sure it's not 50 episodes. Yeah. It's just, it's just definitely, definitely <laughs> oh, sooner. It was, it was, it was, we were kind of like, you know, we, we got to find some time to go out there to record, mm-hmm. we, you know, doing the remote thing. Like, I don't know how well that's going to work because mm-hmm. I don't know, like we had very limited remote, yeah. like talking experience with, with people in different locations. But, uh, as we got more comfortable during the pandemic, sort mm-hmm. of doing remote kind of discussions uh we're like you know what now's the time yeah we've been talking about doing mortal Kombat for months mm-hmm. like let's just do it yeah and and, so. and we were gonna come out there to see jimmy eat world as well oh, yeah and that's when we were yeah. gonna record but they they're rescheduling fell apart i'm bummed yeah. yeah but that does not make it any less of a privilege to have you on brother Absolutely. like you 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 you, you made this a great episode <laughs> Well, gentlemen, it's always a pleasure to catch up, and it's always a pleasure to talk movies and martial arts uh, or any really just to hang out and talk with you either way you look at it. Um, always takes me back to Old Town Donuts Thursday oh, yeah. nights yep. hanging yes. out. So, yep, I love uh, it. So, yeah, man. Um, gentlemen, I do have one last question for you. Yes. Before, you, before I sign off and before we send this and end this is if you could take yourself, insert it into a movie – what character would you be and what movie is it? Oh my gosh. Um, oof. I think since it's, since it's relevant to today's episode, Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I wouldn't even, that's not even a cop out because no, that would have been, that would have been on my list anyway. anyway. Yeah. Um, very, God. very nice. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't know. That's a tough one. <laughs> Batman. No. <laughs> no. Um, God, uh, I'd say Arnold Schwarzenegger and twins. Okay. I'd rather be twins with Danny <laughs> okay. DeVito. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> um, good, good question. Yes. Good question. That's awesome. Um, that's awesome. Great input again, brother. Thank you for joining yes. us. Thank you very much. Definitely gentlemen. It's a pleasure. Uh, if you need anything, you know, I'm always here and I'm yep. one click away. Yeah, definitely. For sure. For sure, and, buddy. And, and like always, like always, if you need anything from us, we're just a click away. Yes. Uh, in terms of listening to things. Yes. Uh, so please. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Go, a, there's a catch. You have to go download us. Yes. And then always, we will help you. Yes. Yeah, so we will help you. And you always need to remember to be kind, rewind, and we'll see you next time. This concludes our broadcast day.